Hey guys, it's Michael Cantu of the San Diego Padres, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast, episode 101. I am Donovan, and with me via Skype is Roy. Oh, man, it's another day for you and me in paradise. <laughs> Dude, it's just, uh, I'm, it's just getting, God, I'm bored. I am it's so Groundhog incredibly... Day. I feel like it's Groundhog Day. Every day is the same. I know one thing. If I ever, you know, when I do retire, I'm going to have to, A, get a part-time job, or B, I'm going to have to get a hobby that takes up my time, you know, because it's like sitting watching TV. I've gained, I swear, I've gained 15 pounds. I mean, I it's just, I looked, I saw a picture of myself, and I'm like, Oh my God, I am, I'm like Hideki Irabu. I'm like a toad, like a fat. Well, you've been, you've been working out too, right? Yeah, you talk but, about your trainer and, and all of this. But that's online and it's 30 minutes, 40 minutes of like some little bit of moving here, a little bit of moving there. Yeah, I'm sweating, I'm out of breath, but it's not like when you go to the gym, you do 20 minutes of hard exercise on the bike and then you do another 30 minutes of, you know, strenuous weightlifting and you walk out of there and you burn 700 calories and you do that three days a week. Here, you're maybe doing 250 calories, maybe on a hard day, 300, but then you're consuming about 4,000 calories at 9 o'clock at night. It's just, it's ridiculous. Man, my exercise involves going to the backyard and scooping the dog poop. That's right. that's about it. Well, you can engage your core with the shovel, though, yeah. <laughs> so we got motivated. We tried to go for a bike ride a couple weeks ago, and we got like a half a mile down the road, and Angela blew a flat. <laughs> right, so, and you're like, yes. No board, right there. Yes. Like man, which okay, we're just not meant to exercise right now, I guess. Let's just be lazy. Oh, hey, well, but thank la- we at least have this to look forward to we every do. week or so. We do. My schedule is kind of funky this week, and we were able to we were able to wrangle in. Um, God, I said almost said Jorge Cantu, but Michael Cantu. Um, we just talked to him for God. We started one way, and it just kept going and kept going. There are some awesome. Awesome stories in there. He was uh, he played for University of Texas with under Augie Garrido, uh, and uh, just it's a really really great guy. Fun stories and really interesting stuff. Michael Cantu is a catcher who hails from Corpus Christi, Texas. A two-sport athlete in high school, Cantu played baseball for the University of Texas for three years under legendary head coach Augie Garrido. He was signed as an undrafted free agent in 2017 and has spent time in the AZL, Fort Wayne, Lake Elsinore, and El Paso. Now we're honored to have him join us here on Friars on the Farm. Welcome, Michael. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, as soon as we hit record, the dogs start going nuts and somebody's outside. <laughs> but that's what happens when you're stuck here in quarantine. So what's going on down there in Corpus Christi? You're, you're home with the family, right? Yeah, home with the family, spending a lot of quality time. Uh, now everybody's back home. Usually it's always like someone's off at college. I'm playing pro ball. Like Now we have you know all four grown kids back home, and, and, and we're, we're running through that pantry and fridge, it seems like, almost daily. So we're, we're some big boys down here, so uh, – but no, it's definitely been good having you know a lot of family time. 
Yeah, I guess we have to look for the the positives here. So, because when was the last time that all of you guys were together before this season? Man, I, I, the last time we were all together, they came to see me in El Paso. I was in El Paso. They came to nice. watch a game, and that and that was the last time that we were all together. But I mean, I haven't spent an Easter with my family since since high school because yeah. in college I was always playing. Yeah, uh, but. No, yes, yeah, since when I was I was in El Paso towards the end of the year last year, and, and they came to see me, so that was the last time. And now, I you know they're driving me insane right now. <laughs> you're now you're the oldest of four. Yes, I'm the oldest of four. Okay, and your um, younger your your younger brother is what six five? He's like eight feet tall. With the yeah, so the the youngest of the boys, Matthew, is like six seven. He's he's the little big brother. He's 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 a he's a specimen. <laughs> And he plays ball. He actually plays golf. He's gonna he's he's going to play college golf. He has a few offers out uh, in, in Texas, but he can hit the golf ball a mile. How's the short game? That's where he makes his money. Yeah. All right. He, 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 shoot. He, <laughs> Hundred and fifty in. He's he's dialed in. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's where you make your money. You I'm, a, I'm a golfer too. There you go. All right. So your dad is a football coach. You grew up in Texas. Uh, football is life down there. How'd you wind up going the baseball route? So, I mean, baseball's just always been my passion. It's it's something I've always, you know, loved doing. And I think my dad will say the same. My dad's a head football coach, but he played, you know, multiple years of minor league baseball. So baseball sort of got him out of the city, uh, got him an education. He played minor league baseball. And then, uh, you know, football in Texas, it's it's where the money's at, man. It's 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 more of a religion down here, you know? So, I mean... It's, uh, it's, it's crazy how, uh, you know, I got, you know, I got to play four years for my, for my dad, uh, and, uh, just baseball was just always something I knew I wanted to do. And, and, you know, watching, you know, football games are so gruesome and I got banged up and, and, and playing Texas high school football. Uh, so I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to baseball. What'd you, what'd you play? What position did you play? I was a quarterback. I was a quarterback, and you, and, you lettered all yeah. four years, right? All four years, yeah. I, I was a varsity quarterback, all, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Yeah. Wow. So the quarterback obviously is the the field general. The catcher is kind of the field general too. So is it is is that part of why you you drew to those to that those positions? I I, I think so. You know, uh, I tried to I tried to be a leader out there, and, and it was always something that you know quarterbacks don't get hit much, and. I always thought that I got hit a lot doing football, but uh, uh, I just playing for my dad. We we'd get back there, we would throw it, you know, sixty times at the game, and we put up sixty points. And it was just, it was always, it was a lot. It, it was, it was fun. It was super fun. So holy the, cow! See, football around here is all all running game. You don't see a quarterback that can air it out around here and hit a target. Oh, no. oh yeah. My question is in Texas, like you know, high school football. You have like college quality football stadiums there in the high schools here you got you know stands that are made out of scaffolding and maybe you get uh maybe 500 people you know both sides uh in texas you see these 4a games and you're like jesus it's like a 10 million dollar stadium you know there's hundreds and you know, thousands of people there is that how it was there for you guys yeah i mean th- there were c- certain nights where you know we have our stadium down here is it's buccaneer stadium and it's it's a rather it's an older stadium but it's it's awesome it's a i mean it's a old school football stadium has got big stands and there's times where we would you know 
you play inner city rival because there's six high schools in Corpus. So you play inner city rivals and they sell it out, man. I mean, it's, and what's awesome is it's, it's like that in base in football, but it's, it's just like that in baseball too. It's really a spectacle, you know, and I got to play at some cool stadiums of football. My first start was actually at Texas state, uh, in San Marcos at Texas state university. She played in some cool stadiums there and, 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 uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely different down in Texas. It really is. So you're not too far from Houston. You're like three and a half hours away, right? You grew up a Astros fan. I no, I didn't. You know, I I didn't grow up particularly a, a fan of of any uh, of any team. I was a I was a Pudge fan growing up. Nice. Uh, I like to you know I like to seek out like catchers and stuff. But like, and it was so weird because like even the Astros like they're double A teams in Corpus. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I'd go watch games. I watched Hunter Pence come up through the system and, and guys like that. But you know, I was never really like an Astros fan. I knew, you know, that one day I'm going to be hopefully be playing pro baseball. But uh, I said my favorite team would be the one that that that, that signs me. So, <laughs> so I noticed you've played. So you haven't been to high to short season A, but you also haven't been to Double A. You did get some time at Triple A this year. What do we need to do to get you on the sod poodles so you can play a game at Corpus Christi? Dude, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I I have such I play well in that stadium in Waterburger Field. I always play in high school. I played well in it. In college, I had a game where I played well in it. But um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's just the way you know the chips fall. But uh, that'd be awesome to come back in Corpus and sort of it sort of all falls together. Played there in high school, played there in college, and now playing there in, in pro ball would be would be super cool. So, how involved was your dad in your development as a baseball player growing up? I, he he was, I mean, he was big time. You know, he uh, he never coached any of my teams. He sort of like he let you know he sort of just let me play. And you know, he was my you know personal hitting coach, personal catching coach, everything. You know, he he was always in the background though. So, uh, which I, I I could appreciate because he sort of just let me go out there and play. And you know, we'd go to our cages and we'd go and do our work, but. Uh, he definitely, I don't, I don't want to say it was a relaxed role, but it was more of a, uh, you know, when he needs, when I need a teaching moment, he was there. And, and he's definitely the inspiration. And, and it's been so funny because we've been cleaning out, you know, with all this COVID stuff, we've cleaned out our garage, like inside out. And I'm finding all the bats that he's, that he has, that he traded for and, and uh, you know, pictures and ball caps and jerseys and i'm just like man like it's sort of it, it's pretty cool it, it really is but he was a huge inspiration played a huge part and still does he really does okay so, so he was an naia all-american at tarleton state and then he played seven years in the minors okay go ahead donovan well no that's why i was gonna say he played rio grand valley is that the pecos league or is that independent ball that's still independent yeah or is that pecos league no, it, so he played in oh, yeah he played in the rio grand valley he played for harlan yeah harlan jen the white wings down there. Um, but yeah, he, it was, it was independent ball. He, he played any ball for a while. And then at a time there was an indie ball team in Corpus too. Uh, but it was the Texas, Louisiana league. That's okay, what it that's, yeah. It says TXLA. Yeah. And I found a box of baseballs from, from Texas, Louisiana. It, it, we would clean them out brand new pros. And I was like, man, this is super cool. Yeah. It, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I always, so I'm a, I'm a bit of a history nerd and I like getting lost in the details of things. So when I see a baseball, like I, I want to figure out where it's from. Like I'll look and see who the commissioner stamp is. So you're looking at these odd, these independent leagues and stuff. I've, I've never seen a ball from that league. Now I want to see one of those baseballs. Well, well, 
We'll have to get you one. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> okay. I know that. I was. Like, I knew he was throwing that in there. Right. Hey, give me, give me a ball. No, no. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I was sure, thinking more sure. like, are are the you know is it how how close to a, a minor league baseball is it? You know, is it are the seams raised like a league ball here, a rec ball, or is it nice and smooth like a major league ball, or you know how different is it from uh, from a regular minor league ball? I mean, it's 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 pretty much a minor league baseball. I mean, okay. and then since the balls have changed so much, but 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 for the most part, it, it's a it's a minor league baseball. You know, another thing I kind of noticed with uh, with with players that have had fathers that played ball, where a lot of times they're they're hands off, but it's more instructional. Like um, I talked to Ryan Weathers. Ryan Weathers is like, yeah, my dad. You know, he. He just kind of let me play my own game, and he wouldn't be over, you know, over coaching me during my games. He just kind of let me, be, you know, when I had to be taught something, he taught me that, um, and let me learn my own mistakes instead of like having your overbearing father and being like, "This is the way you need to be doing it. This has to be done that way." You got, you know, it's kind of different. No, yeah, and and, and you see that with a lot of them, and, and you know, I I saw that especially with uh, with the Rocket with Roger Clemens, and I played with his two sons at Texas. Okay. Uh, but it was. It, it, it seems like that, you know. As a, it's just that's just how it is. They they sort of just let you go play, and then because that's the best way to learn. You know what I mean? Like, that's the best way to learn. Go play the game. Well, and if they're too overbearing, then you might lose some of the passion, the love yeah. that is what's keeping you going. Exactly, and they don't. They don't want. They want to make sure you're playing baseball because you want to be playing baseball. So, you know, and, and that's one thing he said. I had a my first offer in in high school was from duke it was from duke to play it was to play football first and then play baseball so i would go on a football scholarship and then end up playing baseball and so my dad was like hey you do whatever you want like if you want to go play d1 football like go for it and i was like man you know uh and it was tough but 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 he always made sure that i did what i wanted to do so so you thought about trying to do both huh oh absolutely i, I was a big uh co- Big, uh, big time, like wanting to do both. I wasn't like a big time quarterback, you know. I, I was okay. I could throw the ball, but uh, I had I had a few offers from some some smaller schools, uh, Rice, uh, from Rice, Texas State, uh, and then like Colorado, Colorado State, Duke. You know, play Duke was my biggest one to play football, but uh, yeah, I definitely considered playing both, but then at the end of the day, when Augie Garrido sits there and says, "Hey, we want I want you to come play baseball at Texas," it's it's kind of hard to turn that down. <laughs> so Augie, he's a he's a legend. I I've seen a couple of video clips. I obviously I've never watched a Texas you know UT game, and he's he's no longer with us. Um, what was it like playing for him and getting recruited by him and all and all of that? I mean, it's. Uh, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I was so blessed and grateful to be able to play with him for the last two years that he, that he coached. But I mean, it's sort of just, you're sort of starstruck, you know, when you're there and you're like, man, this is the guy I want to play for. And I remember the day after I signed, I showed my mom the video, the infamous video of Augie, you know, going off on his team. And I was like, mom, this is the guy I'm going to go play for. And she's like, what? Why have I never seen this video? I was like, no, I mean, that's who I'm going to go play for. Is that the one where he's dropping F-bombs left and right? Left and right. so mad. And he, I I promise you guys, he he was like that till his last coaching. He he didn't care. He tore into us, and 
somehow we play, we played better. I, I mean, it's just it's crazy. Several years back, I uh, I caught the first uh, the home opener for USD two years in a row, and two years in a row they played Texas. I think I want to say Houston Street was on that team. But there was another guy who got drafted a little bit later. I almost want to say uh, Salty Machia, but I don't think it was him. Um, no, I don't think. But he, uh, but with what I want to talk about with Augie is he had a show on like the Big Ten Network where he went around and showed you restaurants. And so, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 did. And you know, coming from Texas, everything's I like to say everything's bigger, better than. In Texas, but it was the Longhorn Network, and we're the only okay. school that has its own network, which is super cool. And but yeah, he would go around, and and he was a big uh, food nut. He loved food, and I always remember my first my first day on campus. Uh, I was headed to the field. I didn't know how the buses worked, so I walked all the way from campus, which it was like a mile away. I walked all the way to the field, and I'm walking, and he pulls up right beside me. And he says, hey, Cantu, have you had lunch? I said, no, I'm just, I was going to make a sandwich at the, at the park. So I get into his car and he goes and we go to a taco stand in Austin. Okay. And, uh, you know, I buy my own tacos, of course, uh, because of NCAA regulations. But uh, it was right down the street. And the first conversation I had with Augie was about tacos, which was <laughs> not even baseball. Like, it was like, man, th- these tortillas, this, this, you know, this taco is incredible. And I was like, man, like that's that's pretty. He, but he loved his food, and so he had his own like cooking show, like food show. It was yeah. super cool. I remember kissing a couple episodes. That was cool. Go ahead. So before you before you left for Texas, you actually got selected in the draft out of high school by the Cubs, um, and you you turned that down. Did you, you already had a commitment to Texas at the time? Was there any chance you were going to consider breaking that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I got called a, a couple times in the third, in the top five, ten rounds, and uh, it just didn't work out. Uh, I knew that if I was going to leave Texas, it was going to take a lot for me to leave Texas, uh, just because I know I know it's super hard to go back and finish school, and that's something I wanted to 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 do was was at least get some college done, and you know, I got three years of it done, so I'll, I'll eventually go back. I'm looking at going back now and, and going to, to finish up and graduate. But, uh, yeah, it was going to take a lot to, to draw me away from Texas. Cause you know, I just felt like, man, it's hard to, it's hard to, to beat playing for Augie and at the university of Texas. And that, and, and it just so happened, like when, when the draft was going on, they had just, they had just clinched their birth to go to the college world series. And that year they went and they came in the final four, they lost to Dansby Swanson and Vanderbilt uh and Vanderbilt ended up winning uh but I was like man how do you not want that you know yeah absolutely I now that we're talking college baseball world series I should I should pump up my alma mater I'm an Oregon State Beaver there you go and so I was there this when the in uh, 2007 when they won the second of their back-to-back championships back in the day anyway um so (laughs) I was looking through your college resume um and uh, there was a time that you were struggling at the plate your junior year. The team went to play at Whataburger Field against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, and the write-up I saw said you broke out with a two-for-four game that included an RBI double and a two-run home run in Texas 10-hit onslaught in a 12-to-2 win against the Islanders. So what was – I mean, was, you, had a, you had a whole cheering section there, I'm sure. Man, I, I, I'm getting chills. Like I just got chills that you like describing it. That's one, by far one of the coolest moments I've ever had playing, you know, baseball. But I mean, it was so like, 
you know, I, I hit that ball out to left field and, and just to like hear the roar, I got a curtain call, which was super cool. And, you know, it was almost like, you know, we, it was a, it was an away game for us, but it was a home game, you know, yeah. like there was so much burnt orange there, you know, my parents, all, it seemed like all of my family was there. It was just, it was incredible. And, and that game actually, it turned around my season. Like after that game, the splits from that game on were, shoot, it, it's like I needed to come home and, 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 you know, remember, you know, Hey, this is why you do it, man. And I, I it's, that was a super cool, just, uh, experience to be able to experience that to go back home to catch to to you know hit that hit that ball out and and i remember they had to come pull me because our bus was leaving and i was busy taking pictures and signing autographs <laughs> it was it was super cool i mean it was it was definitely a once in a lifetime definitely a a, a moment i'll always remember Wow. Do they got a good batter's eye there is that what's going on there at corpus is that well i, I think so but i played in that man i I it was your I home field, right? One. Kind of more or less. My home field. I, I played there in high school. And 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 the reason why we played there is because at my high school, it would sell out our district field. So our district field wasn't big enough. Wow. So I remember we would we would go and we would sell out Waterbooker Field. There'd be seven, 8,000 people there for a high school baseball game. God. And and uh, there's pictures and, and it's it's incredible. But and, the, and it's a hitter's ballpark. I loved it. But it's just it's something about being at Waterbooker Field, being at home that – should I guess I play well there? So hopefully, you know, if I ever get to Amarillo, I go play down there. Same thing happens, you know. <laughs> so UT has a long list of MLB alumni. Were there, and you mentioned that you played with uh, two of Roger Clemens' sons. Were there any major leaguers that were involved with with instruction or anything like that down there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Taylor Teagarden used to come back. Roger Clemens. Uh, he's a uh, he's a catcher, right? Teagarden? Yeah, Taylor Teagarden's actually a catcher. Yeah, that's who was there. When yeah. when I went to go see him play Texas, yeah, yeah. T. Garden was there. Uh, Brandon Workman comes back. Street Street used to. I I caught a few streets uh, uh, bullpens when he was still playing. But the, there's such a prominent uh, alumni, like just community and like camaraderie there that they you know they come back and it's a top of the line facility. Even now they just renovated it. Uh, but there's a very big and, and there's people that come back to haven't even gone to Texas, but they just want to be there. I remember Ian Happ worked out with us for one off season. He was getting ready to go back to spring training, but I'll tell you a funny story about the rocket. Uh, we were struggling and um, he came out there and he threw BP to us. Okay. And I, I kid you not. So he's throwing BP to us and he puts on, he has these cleats, these under armor cleats. He puts on these cleats that have the Superman logo on them. Right. Superman logo, and then on the back it says Rocket Man, right? So he puts on these cleats, then he gets to 60 feet, 6 inches, takes the L screen off, and starts pitching to us, dialing in. Uh. Okay? So we're having a, a, an inner squad with the Rocket, Roger Clemens, right? And he's throwing splitters. He's, you know, he's getting fired up. And, you know, it sort of got us back on track. I think we went on to win like six, seven in a row. We went and we tore it up. But it was like, man, Roger Clemens is throwing me BP right now. Like, Seven Cy Youngs, like I just got a knock off of him, and I'm always gonna I'm, I'm gonna hold that against him because he's a he's a competitor. <laughs> but 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 I, I remember I, I would call him Slick. I said, Hey Slick, I, I I got your number. I'm one for one off you, man. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, it just it, it was it was funny. It was a super cool memory. So okay, I just looked at him. He's 57 right now. So that means at the time he was what like 53, 54 yeah. years old. Do you have an idea what he was throwing? 
at that age? He was like every bit of 85 to 88, which is like at at 50, you're throwing 85, 88, and you're throwing splitters, and it was fastball splitter. That's all he was throwing. And and we're still struggling there to hit him. And it's like, God, (laughs) I wanted you to come throw BP to me. Like, I don't want (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to get embarrassed, but it's like, if you're going to strike out, I'll strike out against Roger Clemens. I don't care how old he is. But he was, man, and, and he still does it today. I saw a video of, of Casey and Cody, and he was throwing BP to them still. And I was like, man, that's, you know, I, I got to experience that, which was pretty cool. Wow, that's impressive. So Donovan and I both play rec ball. I, last year was my first year doing it, and I don't think I faced anything that was over about 65. No. It's, no. An, it's a 40 and up league, or no, 35 and up, and Donovan just started in the 45 and up. And I hear there's a couple of guys that can throw like in the low 70s. <laughs> I, I can't imagine if it's... somebody like him stepped up there and was like <laughs> mid-80s. I mean, no way. Good luck. Now, there's a couple guys that hit maybe set maybe 70, and they for maybe an inning or two. And then, you know, in, in rec league, they just try to throw it by you. So this last season, I just started playing with the 18s again and the 25s. And in the 18 and 25s, they just want to throw it by you. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm 50, but I can still swing it. So they're just, all right, you want to throw a fastball? I'm going to, I'm going to capitalize on that stuff. But we see no 50-year-olds throwing no 75 or <laughs> nothing like that. And those guys are usually playing against, you know, the 18s, uh, you know, in the really young tournament. We call it the, uh, the Top Gun Tournament uh, League. And, 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 like, the one thing that's, like, just the competitive juices of him. Like, he, like just to see him up there, like, wanting to get guys out. Like, I'm, I'm still doing this, and I'm still good at it. Did, did, someone, did he growl? Did he ever growl? He, did he, someone get smoke he, him? Or? Yeah. I mean, he... he 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 curse under his breath, you know. God, you know, you know what I mean. He he'd brush you off the plate, but it was a legit like, it was an inner squad, and he was locked in. It, it was it was super fun, and and he's a big human being. Like he is no small yeah. Joe. Like and to, his presence on the mound, even you know, in his fifties, was like wow. It was eighty eight, but it felt like it was ninety seven, just from him, you know. But it was it was. It was funny. That was pretty cool. I imagine you got to dust off some of that. Holy crap. I'm about to step in the box against Roger Clemens. You got to figure out how to put that away and, and focus on what you're trying to do. And I think like, I'm trying to think back to what the bat I had off of him. And I just, I I was like, man, I'm, I'm facing Roger Clemens. Like, wow. And base hit up the middle. Okay. We'll take it. You know, like, <laughs> Well, I, I sort of blacked out. Well, like, I don't, back I flip. It, it, it was, like, it was, yeah, you, you're definitely right about that. Like, man, this is Roger Clemens right here. So you were looking, you were looking to transfer over to Tarleton State. What, oh, what happened there? So, uh, didn't get, didn't, didn't get drafted after my junior year. Uh, faced some injuries in the middle of my, of my, my junior year. Had a really good back half and just, it didn't happen. Didn't have enough at bats. And it was, a, it was a tough you know, it was a tough time. It, it, it sucked not getting drafted because, you know, you go into Texas, you're like, man, you know, after my third year, I want to be out of here, especially after being drafted out of high school. But, you know, I, I went there to play for Augie, to play for the assistant coach, Skip Johnson, who's now the head coach at OU. Uh, but, you know, that's what drew me there. And, you know, after my sophomore year, we had a new new regime of guys come in and they were great. They were awesome. And they've had some success there, but it just, it wasn't the right fit anymore. And, you know, my brother was going into college at the time and I was like, you know, man, like 
I've had my fun at Texas, you know, I, I, I really, you know, I've enjoyed it, but you know, it'd be cool to go somewhere else, change it up and, and go play ball with my brother. And so we both, we both decided to, to, to go to Tarleton. Then, you know, I'm on a beach in Miami and I get a call from the Padres and the rest is sort of history. So. Well, let's talk about that. Cause that's usually one of our questions like, where were you on yeah. draft day on a beach yeah. in Miami? Yeah, so I was I was on vacation. I was in a beach in Miami, and and I get a call, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we we're interested in signing you." Apparently, a couple guys had gone down, and I was like, "Man, you know," I was like, "It's towards the end of the season. I'm just going to go back and finish my degree." And you know, and, and we negotiated. We went back and forth, and and then you know they finally you know gave me some you know, something that that I, I'd like to like to sign for. And I was like, you know what, man, I wouldn't get this as a senior. So I'm going to, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to go like, there's a reason why this is happening. And, and, uh, and so I was like, you know what, let's do it. And so the next day I fly out seven o'clock, uh, get to Phoenix. I don't have any baseball stuff, by the way. I'm, like, <laughs> and flip-flops. like I was on FaceTime with my dad and I was like, Hey, I need you guys to go pack my bag for my, my cleats, my gloves, everything. And you got to ship it to Arizona. So, you know, I ended up signing, and, and, and I fly out to Arizona, and then boom, right away, uh, get right into the back end of the AZL. But it was definitely just like everything flipped because it, it really didn't matter whether I was drafted or not. I was a minor league baseball player. I was a pro baseball player. So yeah. it was like it, it actually it worked out really, really nice to, to have that summer off uh, and, and, and just the way things worked out, it, it was super. It was super cool, and, and I'm grateful that they worked out the way that they did. Um, but yeah, it, it was sort of it was a crazy, crazy signing story, and hopefully, you know, it, it, it'll pay off when that day comes. You know, absolutely. So, did you have were you in contact with the Padres? Who was your area scout there? So my area scout was Kevin Ham from the Padres. All right, uh, he's the one who drafted me, uh, or that signed me. That signed me. Uh, but he was awesome. He was super, super great with me. And I still talk to him to this day. Uh, but yeah, I was in contact with a few teams that had liked me in high school. So I, uh, I, um, the, the Rangers were interested in, in high school at the time that Prello was there and his regime was there. And so I guess, you know, that regime went, went to the Padres and, and he probably carried over some guys or, you know, I don't know what it was exactly. I don't know, but it, the Padres were, were one of the teams that were interested in. It was a good fit. It really was. So what, yeah, it it, it seems like there's a there's a trend of that, that there's somebody that Preller or one of his scouts had their eye on and they didn't get him. And then he goes to the Padres. He brought a whole bunch of his people over and then they wind up acquiring him by trade or they signed him. You know, Maybe they didn't sign uh, draft him out of high school and they drafted him when they were coming out of college, something like that. So that's an interesting little wrinkle to your story that they had their eyes on you like that. Well, who do you know so, in Miami, man? <laughs> I, I, I was on vacation. I, I was, I was, uh, you know, I was visiting my girlfriend and, and we were out there on the beach and it was, she, she was like, Hey, come out to Miami. She was with me on draft day and, uh, I didn't get drafted. And that was just, it was a nightmare, you uh. know, cause it's like, you just bummed out, but you know, I was, I was out there and, and, uh, visiting you know, on a vacation and, and cut the vacation a little short. So, <laughs> so Tarleton state, your dad went there, right? Mm-hmm. So my dad, like to this day, he holds like every major offensive record there. 
and like he's in the Hall of Fame and everything. So, I mean, I went, when I signed, when I decided I wanted to go there, I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna break your home run record. And he's like, good luck. He's like, good luck. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, it's a hitter's ballpark, whatever. And so they said, I got to hit 22 home runs to break his record. Like, are you kidding me? And then he had all sorts of doubles and his OPS. And I was like, man, if you go look at, at the records that Steve, he still holds, and what's crazy is he was the first class. So I think the team has been alive for 30-plus years. But he was the original Tarleton State. Like, he was their first uh, class, the baseball class. So, and for him to still hold those records, yeah, that's tight. So that's in Mississippi, right? No, so Tarleton State is actually in North Texas. It's in Stephenville, Texas. Okay. So Stephenville, Texas, which is the cowboy capital of the world. The cowboy capital of the world. How about yes, that? It is. What, yes. So, what makes it the cowboy capital of the world? Uh, so, from what my dad says, is like, you know. It's a it's a it's a town that's big on like the rodeo and like the rodeo. There's farms. It, it it's really it's hard to explain. You know, it's a it's a it sort of pops up out of nowhere. And it's a very you know rural town with a with a lot of land, a lot of ranches and stuff. It's like 45 minutes from Dallas, Dallas Fort Worth. Um, but I remember going to visit and there's nothing but starched jeans and boots. It, it looked like a bunch of Chris, Chris Paddock's walking around. Oh, that's fucking red. Oh. And it was awesome. It was awesome. And, and, and I was like, man, he's like, hey, cowboy capital of the world. You know? And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And they must have so some did, kind of good. Did your brother go there for a while? Yeah. So he went there his freshman year. Uh, red shirt. He got hurt, red shirted, and then and then transferred to a JUCO, which he's playing there now. And should he had a really good year this year, which was which was big for him. And uh, you know, hopefully he gets that year back. I think he does, and he'll just you know continue on that that drive. But yeah, he went there for a little bit, and I got to go visit him. I, I think I did see that the NCAA is extending another year of eligibility for the guys that missed out that lost a year this year. Yeah. So so he, he's a pitcher and a first baseman. Pitcher first baseman, yeah. Pitcher first baseman, and is yeah. he lefty? Righty, he's a righty. Okay, that's right. Those are. What now, was you him? pitched a little? You pitched in high school, right? I pitched a little bit. Yeah, I was, I was, I was twenty-two and one in high school. And what? The only game I lost. Dude, the only game I. Yeah, the only game I lost was the state championship my junior year, which was, I lost to Robert Duggar, who's in the big leagues with with the Marlins, I think, but. The the semifinal game, uh, we beat a guy. What was his name? Uh, you might his Pat Mahomes. We beat Pat Mahomes. Yeah, he was like 94, 96 the entire time. No and, kidding. Yeah, we we beat him in the semifinal. I gotta put well, that that's down. Awesome. What was your major okay. in college? So it was uh, business finance with the minor in sports management. So, okay. you know, just the business side of baseball. But that, that that's where I went, and you know, I graduated high in, in high school. I was seventh, ranked seventh in my class, and so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go to Texas. I'm gonna get a good degree. I want to be an engineer. And then I was like, no, my my hours do not work. I can't take my classes I, with baseball. No way. So so I, I said, you know, I'll go to business and, and sports management. Okay, before we came on, real quick, Roy. Before we came on, we talked about working in the off season. So like you were, you know, in the off season, you were working. So t tell us about what your last job was before kind of everything went to hell. So, you know, 
I think all professional baseball players, we all try and give lessons during the season or during the off season. And it's like, you know, we get what we can and we're grateful for it. But, you know, one thing, one job that I had was I was a, a garbage man. I was a trash man, which it wasn't like the ones that you see, you know, that are on the back of a trash truck and come to your house. So basically what I would do is I have a, a, a Dodge Ram 1500. Okay. So, uh, I would go to these apartment complexes and these apartment complex, you put your trash right outside your door. Right. And there's, you know, 15 buildings, three stories each. And you go up each. And there's one guy assigned to the whole, uh, to the entire complex. So I would go up the stairs, grab the trash, put it back and throw it in the back of my truck. So my truck was filled with trash. And I, I tried to stack, I tried to get every single building. <laughs> So I didn't have to go back and restack or put the stuff in the compactor. So I had trash. I wish I would have taken pictures of just mounds of trash on the back of my truck because I was like, man, you know, I got to make something. I got to do something. But it was super fun in the sense that, like, it, it humbles you. And, and it's definitely a memory that I'll take in when, you know, that day does come and, you know, playing at Petco or wherever it might be. It's like, you know, I used to haul trash just to, Make it by in the offseason. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll pass this on cool. to Jesse uh, Jesse Agler and say, "Hey, listen to this. This is what he used to do." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a pretty good offseason training routine. No wonder you uh, you listed what 15, 25 pounds lighter than you were in college. Uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I I actually lost substantial weight in the offseason, which was a big help for me because I knew it would help me just behind the plate and just as a player, you know, as, as overall player. And I knew it was what the organization wanted you you want to show up to spring training training ready you know you don't want to go to spring training to get ready you want to show up ready and you know i showed up at the end of january which uh, uh which a lot of guys you know they show up later but i was like you know i'm going to get up there i'm going to show them i'm ready to go but but yeah it, it was climbing those stairs ain't no joke especially hauling trash oh man any bags break yeah, oh, all the time. There was some times where, like, I, I was getting trash, and I'm like, "What are you putting in this? It's like 80 pounds. Right. Like, what, are you kidding me?" <laughs> there, there was some, there, and then there's some that smells, and it's like, "Oh my gosh, man!" I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely it's a character check. You sit there, and you're like, man, it builds character, stuff. right? Hard work Ex builds character. Exactly, ex exactly right. <laughs> well, nobody can accuse you of uh, a big time in them after that kind of humbling. <laughs> So you played the Cape Cod League? Yes, I did. I, I got to play it two years in a row, which was awesome. Got to play with some interesting characters. Uh, we actually, I lost in the state. We lost in the in the in the championship, the Cape Cod League championship, at game three against uh, YD. My, the last year I was there, uh, but we had some some folks, man. We had Corbin Martin was on that team. Uh, Brady Singer was on that team. He's with the Royals. Um, man, we oh we had Caden Grenier, Trevor Leinick, your, your Beavers over there. Uh, but man, it was it was super fun. I, I had a blast in, in the Cape Cod League. Now, was that your first time using a wood bat? No, so I'd used a wood bat in in high school during you know those those uh, perfect game area code showcases, all that stuff. But that was the first time you know you use a bat that you know for however long two months for two months and you know it's that's a pro it's a pro baseball season down there and it's super fun it really is but uh no that uh, it was a cool experience so now you have a host family uh, they put you up with a host family there right 
Yeah, Cape Cod, uh, they, I had you know, two great host families, the Popolos and the Gerbers. Or not the Gerbers, uh, the Moonies. The Gerbers are my host family in Hyatt. And the, the Moonies were in, in Cape Cod. And they were just, they were awesome. And I think just even now in, in pro baseball, like anybody who's willing to open up their home to help you out and, you know, host you is just, it's it's a huge blessing. And I've, I've had great, I've always had great, I don't know what it is, not going to win now, but I've always had great luck with, with awesome host families. Well, when people want to do that stuff, you know, you want to have good, you know, they're good people. My, uh, my wife and I, we're, uh, that's our plan. I got four more years at the university and I got lifetime healthcare and we're, we're scouting cities, uh, to go live and be a host family. That's kind of, that's the reason why we're moving to these parts of the country. And, um, but we'll see with the changing landscape of minor league baseball coming up. And, you know, not only with just maybe the contraction, but with you guys making a little more money, a lot of the, you know, I thought. Every team had a host family. So the end of this last season, real quick, I'll tell a story. We were going to spend four days traveling around Tennessee. I got family just east of uh, west of Nashville. We're going to spend three days and check out three minor league cities in in the Appy League. And about two days before we head out, I called them. Yeah, I might always want to just check in to see what their host family's like. And their host what? They're no, we don't. No, we don't, what is that? We're like, oh, you don't have host families? Like, no, our players stay in hotels or whatever. Call, you know, the, the Elizabethan twins. Hey, I'm coming out here. We're going to see about your host family. They're like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> so within two days, we had to figure out a whole other system. We flew into Nashville, drove down in Chattanooga. Uh, the Rome Braves in northern Georgia, uh, they have a host family. They were the only one in that region that had a host family program, and uh, we caught – Dansby Swanson uh, and Riley's uh, Austin Riley doing a rehab there, and I stayed and watched the game in Chattanooga. Ironically enough, that that Sunday of the game in Chattanooga was the day that Blake Blevins had found out about his family. He was the pitcher in the uh, the the Rays organization. Uh, then yeah. went through the Smoky Mountains. Gord, I always do have to go to the Smoky Mountains. It's just yeah. beautiful, and we kind of Smoky's game in there in Tennessee. But yeah, we that's. That's kind of what we want to do. We want to move to one of these small towns where the money goes a lot farther than it does here in California and be a host family and get free minor league baseball. No kidding. And, and, and the one I had at Hyatt was awesome. And Mama Gerber, she made the best popcorn, <laughs> which was like on road trips. And like I, I was, I would hoard it, and I'm like, I ain't gonna show it anybody. I'd say, I would, I would tell her, I would, I would say, you know, hey, make some for the guys. <laughs> But they were from. <laughs> she'll get a kick out of here that, but she was super awesome, and, and, and that family was was awesome. I think she's on Twitter. I think she follows the account. So I, um, we'll make sure to tag her. I'll find it and tag her on this. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's Hi Lake Elsinore, right? Yes, Hi Lake Elsinore. So my wife and I we joined the Booster Club this year. So we were there for the opening dinner and for the closing dinner. I think you were gone for both of those, right? You were just there for a brief period at the t- at the end of the year. Yeah, I, I've been all over the place, man. I shoot, I, I was there for a stint in the middle, uh, and then left at the end of the season and finished off the season in El Paso, uh, and then came back for for playoffs. So, as an undrafted free agent, do you feel like uh, do you feel like you get treated any differently than the guys that were drafted that maybe signed big bonuses or anything like that, as far as getting moved around like that? Uh, I mean, 
yes and no. I think you all, we all have the same opportunity to go out and perform. And I've been given multiple opportunities that I'd like to think that I've, you know, capitalized on and, and played well at. But, I mean, you definitely know, like, you're not going to get the chances maybe as much as other players. Or you're not going to get that leash of, of you know, failure or, or success that maybe others get, which is – it's just the – part of the game like it's a business yeah. and you got to understand that and the sooner that you can accept that you know it, it's it really releases the pressure on on, on players i think and uh, we just lost connection to everyone <laughs> we are here this is why we have a live podcast um we're gonna wait here a minute and see if we can't get him back here you never know when things pop up but i think for the most part it's like I was an undrafted free agent and I ended the year in AAA this year. So it really doesn't matter right. like who you are, how much money you get. You go out and perform and like guys like, like Ty France and you know, one of my favorite is Matt Batten who had a phenomenal year yeah. in AAA. But he was like, he was a, a guy who was a late round senior sign who signed for, you know, a plane ticket and the dude hit 300 in AAA this year. And it's like, it doesn't matter, you know, how much you get, where you come from, what school you went went to. Like, you go out and perform, and you're going to get your chance. You're going to get your shot. And, you know, that's the way I look at it. And, you know, I'm grateful that I got the chances that I got. Honestly, it's very, very Just awesome. learned a little lingo there with the, I signed for a plane ticket. Like, we, so, so, we love, I love hearing that lingo. We hear it, like, once an interview, uh, one of you guys will say something and, uh, you know, uh, what was it, five and dive, I think, one of the pitchers. I think Travis Ragging said that, you know, it's a five and dive. Hold on, what was that? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, and with the article that came out of the athletic for uh, you know, um eyewash. I say it a lot of my work. I'm like, dude, that's just eyewash. So like, what does that mean? Like, just you're you're chump, dude. That's like it's eyewash. You're fake working hard. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I, I pulled up your numbers and I saw that you hit three home runs in triple A. You batted two eighty six. That looks good by itself, but then I pulled up your game log and you bookended the year. Your first game, you hit two home runs in AAA. Your last game of the season, you hit a home run in AAA. Yeah. So, what is it about about AAA? I mean, they just <laughs> just send you straight there. I get, and I hit them in the same ballpark. If, if you if, if you pay attention, I hit them in Sacramento. Oh, in Sacramento, yeah. yeah. Okay. Which isn't really a hitter's part. That's not so they were legit home runs, and I don't want to hear anything about big league balls. And they were legit home runs. Yeah, it, it was super. It was it was awesome. It was a super cool story. When I got called up uh, to AAA, uh, Edwin was the manager, and I had Edwin in high A the, the year before, and he's awesome. And he's like, "Hey, King, too, you're in there tomorrow. Like, you know, be ready to go." And I was like, "Shoot, you know, you're nervous at the same time because what we call it in, you know." minor league baseball is triple a is the minor league show man like it, it's the minor league show and and you know it's awesome it, it truly is it's awesome and so i go out there and i hit two home runs my first ever game in triple a i'm like man I, I i like it here i i i could be all right up here and i hit it in not a friendly hitter's ballpark but shoot there's something about triple a and, and i think you know you play with guys like at that time it was it was it was yuri is and, you know, Perella was there for a little bit. And, you know, you play with guys and you elevate your game. Right. And and you, you want to you know keep up with the Joneses, which is like you just you want to you want to hold your own. You want to show them that you belong there. And, right. and you know that that's just what it is. And, and you know, I'm, 
I, I think, you know, my time in AAA, I spent a lot, a lot of time just learning, listening, and, and you know, being there around those guys. And and it, it I, you can tell, and, and numbers say, you know, I, I didn't, it wasn't there for long, but it, it, it improved my game. It really did, and, and it helped a lot. Now, at the start of the year, Chris Stewart was still uh, with El Paso, right? Yeah, he was with El Paso, so got to you know learn a little from him. But uh, you get up there, and, and when I was up there, Webster was up yeah, there. Yeah, Webster. Maybe Austin Allen was there. Uh, but it's just it's cool to be around those guys and, and really just soak it in, like enjoy the moment. And, and, and you know, for me, it's like man, you go out there and you play well. It's like you belong here. Like there's there's it's no accident. Like they wouldn't, yeah. even from an organizational standpoint, like they wouldn't put me here if they didn't think I couldn't handle it. So right. it, it was a, it was a big experience for me. And it was super cool. It's one of the good things about so, this organization real quick is that they will challenge guys. They'll, they'll challenge you. You know, they'll, they'll send you from high a up to triple a, uh, with age and experience. Like, let's see what he does, you know, and that, and when you show there, it shows the organization like, okay, he can handle his own. So, you know, this year or next year, if there's another season, you know, the next season, if there's a, whenever there is a season, um, <laughs> that's in their head. Like, okay, Cantu can handle that. We can put that here. That's another piece that can go there. And it gets you looks. Like, and like you said, it, it's a show. It's a minor league show. Well, and the other thing that I think that speaks to a little bit is the the maturity to be able to handle moving around, coming into an unfamiliar environment, hitting the ground running. I was talking to Sam, to um, Sam Williams. He was an undrafted free agent pitcher this year. Yeah. He wound up having a fantastic year. And it's like everywhere. And I was talking to his uncle, Dan, who was here in San Diego. He's a Padres fan. And we knew him through Twitter before Sam yeah. was drafted. <laughs> and uh, and it's like everywhere he went, he just shoved. And that means a lot that you can show up and strap them on and go out there and, and do your job. Uh, there's a lot of people that, that can't do that. So that says a lot about you know what you got down inside. So – We've talked. You talked about hitting homers at Rayleigh Field up in Sacramento, but defense has always been kind of your calling card, right? Yeah. So you know, growing up, my dad always said, "Hey, if you can catch, you're going to stay in this game a long time." And, and you know, it still stays true to that. And part of the reason, you know, I struggled, you know, swinging the bat in college a little bit and a little bit uh, last year, but you know, defense was always my thing. And, and, and Know, being a field general back there but yeah it, it was uh it's something i know that you know if you can catch and you know you can build that repertoire with pitchers and, and able to understand that like you, you're going to stick around and guys are going to like throwing to you so that's uh hit, hitting homers is a bonus it's right. catching is 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 is, is where you make your money so you're six three you're listed at 225 do you feel that that's a little on the large side for for catchers is Absolutely. that something that gets in your way or, or what? I mean, no, not really. Just it's because I've, I've caught my entire life. It, it, you know, I've, uh, I've I've always been a very flexible. I don't know how. I've always been very flexible, being being limber, being able to move back there. And that's something that, like, you know, me and Blake, we work on that too. It's like, because we're similar body types. He's a big dude. You know, I'm a, I'm a big dude. And, 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 you know, working on that hip mobility, taking, you know, pride and being able to, to be a big stocky guy. Cause I remember Garrett Richards, Garrett Richards, when he was rehabbing, he was throwing to me. I caught a couple of his starts in high A. He's like, man, I, you know, I love throwing to a big old target, you know, and, and Paddock would say that too. I was early. I showed up early uh, for speak training with Paddock. He's like, man, I love having a big target, you know, big target with soft hands. And I was like, Hey, well I'm here. You just tell him, 
tell him. You let him know that you like going to me, okay? And I will go wherever you go, okay? But, I mean, th- yeah. And, and, you know, people always say, like, you're, you're a big guy to catch. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of big catchers out there, but it, it's you got to take care of your body. You know, you got to do the things you need to do or else it, it'll get away from you. Yeah, the topic came up not too long ago, and I was looking into some stuff. I didn't realize Carlton Fisk was like six four, six five, and caught as long as anybody has has played in this game. Um, so I, I feel like the whole you, you got to be a certain size doesn't really matter. And then people talk about Francisco Mejia that he's a small guy. Yeah. Well, how's he going to hold up? Yogi Berra was like five feet tall, yeah. and won MVP awards and one of the all time greats. Um, so you mentioned Paddock and Garrett Richards. Those are a couple of the filthiest guys that the Padres have. You yes. caught all kinds of – who are some of your favorite people to, to work with back there? Uh, it's shoot. it's hard to say because we have a loaded minor league, you know, just farm system in Gore yeah. and Patino. I caught Patino when he was 16, 17 years old. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, this dude's legit. I caught him in Fort Wayne, and I was like, God, this dude is – He's phenomenal. And I caught my first bullpen. I, I remember my first bullpen that I caught, I showed up to Arizona and uh, I signed my contract. And later on, I had that day, uh, I have a, I have a bullpen. And you know, it's this big old lanky lefty. And I'm like, who the heck is this guy? And he's all right. You know, got all four pitches. He's pretty good. And it was Mackenzie Gordon. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, he's 18. He's re- he's really good. Like, that, <laughs> that, guy's, that guy's pretty legit. But I mean, you, you look at guys like, like, like Richard, and I've got had the, you know, the pleasure and just just been very fortunate to catch guys like Danielson Lamette, you know, yeah. uh, Garrett Richard, you know, I've caught guys like Chris Paddock and just the intensity that they bring and just the, the stuff is one thing. Like they, they've got big league stuff. They really do. And I mean, it's, it's pretty prominent, but just for what they bring to the game in the sense of like how to manage it and, you know, how they go about it, their preparation, the, those guys, it's always fun to catch big leaguers like that. Cause it's like, that's what you're working for. That's what, that's what you want to see in guys. And, and so like, for me, like just taking that away, it helps me with guys that are younger, you know, guys that are new, like Sam Williams, him and I were in high A for a little bit. We were in Arizona for a little bit. And you know, that's one thing I told him. I was like, dude, don't, don't worry about anything. I remember, and, and he, he'll tell you this, but we were, we were eating at a restaurant. I said, hey, listen, you throw strikes. I said, you're going to end up in double A because you're left-handed and you're really good. And I remember when he got called up, he's like, hey, going to double A, you were right. It's like, you <laughs> see, like, and, and that, I think just being around big league pitchers like that, it helps, you know, it just, it, it helps yeah. me, you know, with the younger guys, with the Joey Cantillos and the, you know, the Patinos and, and even the new guys, it, it helps so much. And it just, it's really, I would say those those Richards and Paddock are, are up there with the guys, the favorite players that I've ever caught. You know, and with and with major league pitchers, you know, you elevate your game. Like you need to, you know, yeah, you're a minor league catcher, but you need to be a major league catcher for these guys. Even in bullpens, even when you're just you practice how you want to play, right? So you want to have those conversations in between pitches or in between bullpen sessions. Hey, what were you thinking there? What are you thinking there? What do pitchers think there when they want to throw that? Or you know, you know what I mean? Because that, it, like yeah. you said, nasty stuff is nasty stuff. Going from a, a change up to a you know a high heater. You got to know it's coming. You got to know how they're going to throw it so you can get you know so it looks like you can frame it or whatever. Yeah, no, and, and that's that's so true because it's like you want to be legit back there for them, and like I always tell people, like 
when you catch guys like that, you don't. It's you don't work because they throw it where they want to, <laughs> and it's like, man, I, I, I'm like, shoot, like I, I, I haven't reached for a ball outside of two, and, and they throw it where they want. Right. And I think the thing I live for the most is like after the bullpen when you go and you talk to them, like just to, I'm like, and I do it with everyone. I did it with Garrett and Chris. And, okay, what'd you think? You know and they spill their, you know, their thoughts of what they think. And I sit there and say, okay, yeah, you know, I, I could see that, you know, this is what I thought. I thought this was good. I thought that was good, but that's the, for me, like that's the thing that I, I hold on to. And even when I'm not catching bullpens, I sit back where the pitchers are and I listen to guys like Larry Rothschild and Paddock and Stammen and guys like that, just like, you know, Strom, all those, all those guys, like, just to listen to them and, 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 and see what they're thinking. That's something I like to soak in. So you're kind of a, so when you're on the big league guys, you're the rookie, you're brand new, you're, you know, fresh, you're green. But then when you're around like the Lake Elsinore roster, you're one of the oldest guys around. You kind of have to take on a veteran kind of a leadership role, right? Yeah. I mean, y- yes, you do. Uh, just in the sense of like your preparation and how you go about things, you know, uh, there, I, I, there was some young guys even that we drafted last year that call, they call me dad. Like, Hey dad, what do you think, dad? Like, <laughs> no, man, I, I don't, I, I'm really not that old. I'm 24. I might be old in baseball years, but man, I'm 24. <laughs> but, but yeah, you, 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 you definitely want to, you know, want to show them, you know, how to prepare, you know, this is you know a long season. Like, yeah, you, you sort of take on that veteran role, not in the sense of like, hey, you know, I, you know, I've been there, in the sense that like, hey, I've been there and it's awesome, dude. And right. look, this is what they do there. Like, you know, this is how they do it. This is why they do it. And I think like it's a fine line and like, and like being a veteran in the sense of like just showing them, and then being a veteran and like thinking you're too good to be there. And it's like, dude, like it doesn't matter where you are, like. Right. It, it, it's the same game just at an elevated level and 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 i think that's what i take away from it. it's just like hey listen i've been all over the place and the highest level of baseball that i've played this is how i want to do it you know and, and even guys would ask me like that like hey you know why do you do this or why do you do that and I was like, well you know that's interesting that you'd say that i do it because that's what Stu does that's what Stuart does or right. that's what you know that's how yardley gets ready you know, or just different nick, you know, knickknacks there, here and there. I guess that's another thing you picked up from your time in Texas, that you're being held accountable, and it's it's almost like a professional team going around. You're playing at such a high level, even though it's college. Um, so you played some first base. Your dad was a first baseman. How, how do you like playing first base compared to catcher? Uh, I mean, it's uh, I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with you know every any position really, you know, first or, or, or behind the plate. You're going to um, go play some shortstop. I, I, I was a shortstop in high school. I played <laughs> okay, my, okay. My, my freshman and sophomore year. I played shortstop. Dude, Everyone's you know, a shortstop in high school. I, I, was, I, I was, I was, a buck, I was a buck 90. I was a buck 90, but I played shortstop and I played a little right field even like, Hey, if you could put me in the lineup, I'll, I'll go where. Dude, that's awesome. But, but uh, I mean, there's uh, first base is, I, it's an. I didn't realize it, but it, it really is an art, and it, it's that it, it's this funny like uh, that that Moneyball scene. That's like uh, you remember when they're talking yeah. about like, 
like, uh, he'll be all right, right? He's like, yeah, he'll be all right. He goes, tell him how easy it is. It's incredibly hard. It's inc- like, wash. How? Tell him, wash. Very hard. Him, Very hard. <laughs> like, it, it really is. And, like, people think sometimes, like, oh, we'll stick him at first base. It's like, no, like, you got to take your ground balls. You got to do it. And me, like, my instinct kicks in. Like, I'm a drop down here. I'm a block. Take this off the chest. I'm going to block it down, you know? Like, that's just how it is. And it's just about being an athlete, being a ball player. But, I mean, I... I love playing first. I like chit chit chatting with the guys, talking, you know, just seeing the game from a different angle. But I mean, there's no better angle than behind the dish. I promise yeah. you that. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you have any superstitions? Are you super about equipment or numbers or food? What do you eat before the the game or anything like that? Uh, not really. I, I I mean, I try and think superstitions. Maybe if I'm going well, I'll use the same, you know, pair of batting gloves, same bat, or. You know, nothing like too extreme, like not washing jock straps or, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. But like, like there, there was times like in, in like in Triple A where I'd be going good, and I'd eat the same thing before every day. I got to the ballpark, I'd eat the same thing, which is like little knickknacks here and there, but nothing too like, uh, you know, left shoe on first, always put the right yeah. shoe on last. Or uh, what was the thing you were eating in El Paso? What was it? It, it was just a ham and cheese sandwich. That's it. I went okay. and, and, and I and by it got to a point where I was like, man, like I need to go over because these these are tough right here. You know, these ham and cheese sandwiches. Throw some lettuce on there, maybe a little sauce or something like that. But I could I couldn't change anything. I couldn't change you know what I ate. It was just a ham and cheese sandwich, and boom, that was it. Well, for Wade Boggs, it was chicken. He ate chicken before every yeah. game, and it worked well for him. He had a Hall of Fame career. Well, see, ham and cheese, baby. <laughs> right, so you mentioned uh, – so you spent some time in uh, Fort Wayne in 2018. Uh, Bert Hooten was the pitching coach there, right? Bert Hooten. He is a Corpus legend and yeah. a Texas legend, which is so funny because when I first met him, I said, hey, Bert, you know uh, – I said, we're both Longhorns. I said, and we're both Corpus Christi natives. He's like, no, no kidding. To talk to a guy like that, Bert Hooten, who's, who's done it and at a high level for a long time and is a legend, you know, even here in Corpus, which is, is not a big town, but it's not a small town. And then to go to Texas, to him, for him being one of the five, six numbers retired at Texas, and then for him to be my pitching coach, like it's it's pretty surreal. He's awesome. He, he's a great mind to pick at. He's a, he's a great Great, great guy. All right. Well, I think it's uh, it's time to wrap it up here, but we got a little lightning round ready for you. So we're gonna go. fire some questions at you, see what you think. So, if you weren't playing baseball, what would you be doing? I'd be in the NFL, one hundred percent. In the NFL, playing quarterback. Yes. Yes. Nice. With with no doubt, that is confidence, right no there. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, what animal would you choose for a pet? Other than a cat or a dog? Ooh, other than a cat than a dog, I had a hamster when I was young. And that was pretty easy upkeep. I, I'd say a hamster, a gerbil, one of those. You love the low-maintenance animals, right? Low-maintenance. You, know, you know what's similar to a hamster is a, a prairie dog. Yeah, a prairie dog. A sod pool. Ah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, there's a, guy, uh, there's a guy on Twitter. His handle is at zoo. Illogical zoo underscore illogical, I think it is, and he's in Corpus Christi, and he has a whole bunch of 
so he's a Sod Poodles fan because they're the Sod Poodles. He's an Astros fan because he's in Corpus Christi, uh-huh. but he's got like squirrels and groundhogs and all this. <laughs> I, I interesting dude. Um, what's the most played song in your music library right now? Right now, yeah. Um, that's the thing. It is called. It's called "Light On" by Maggie Rogers. Great song. She has a great album. Great music. Maggie like, Rogers. I haven't heard. Is, is that country? It's it's uh, not really. It's uh, it's like pop. I guess you would say like pop. Okay. 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 I'll have to look Rogers. that up. Would that would that be your walk up music if you were to pick something right now? No, no. I have I have walk up different walk ups for different cities. It, it has to, so, so that's something my dad taught me. Okay, so like my dad always played a walk up that pertained to the city in which he 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 was at, which he said did well because when he hit homers they'd pass the hat and 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 he'd get you know a good kickback. But I, I'd have. I like to stick my walk-up songs are either Selena Quintanilla because she is from Corpus Christi. The movie I don't know if you've ever seen that movie with J Lo. Oh yeah, Selena. Oh yeah, we so, love Selena. Yeah, Selena, which she's big. Yes, that was my walk-up song in Texas. So that she's from Corpus, so I'd stick with her. Or some Texas country would be somewhere along the lines of Cody Johnson or something like that. So the second so, Cody what, Johnson. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was when you were in uh, Lake Elsinore? Like, uh, no, I think they picked one for me, to be honest with you. Oh, come on. They got to let know. you pick your own. I know, I know. I don't even remember. You, I think you... it was a Justin Bieber song. It was I'm the One by Justin Bieber. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was a... So if you were to come to San Diego, do you have any idea what you think you'd pick? I don't know. Not really. I, I'd probably go. I'd go with my roots and go Selena. I really would. Uh, because... There's a song that she has. It's called El Toro Relajo. And it's, it's, my nickname's The Bull. Uh, so it would, it would be, you know, that would be something I would walk up to. Okay. But Why know. do they call you The Bull? Okay. So, funny story before we wrap up. Uh, it was my first spring training. I was in the AAA work group and it was like the last week. And I'm hitting BP and Ra- uh, Barajas is the AAA coach at the time. Yeah. And I'm hitting BP and I hit a few balls, you know, out. And they said, man, who, who is this? I was a new guy, you know, my first spring training. And uh, Berkey, the hitting coach, goes, I don't know. What's his name? And uh, he's like, I don't know. I don't, we'll just call him Bull. Hey, Bull, what, what's your name? <laughs> and I was like, what? He's like, Bull. And so literally from that day, Barajas, he's awesome. But they call me Bull. I'm the Bull. I'm, I'm El Toro. It's uh, just sort of stuck with me. It's a cool, like, you know, hey, big time big leaguer gave me that name, you know, and he remembers it. He remembers me for it. So, and, and it's cool. The, the bit, some of the big league, big leaguers call me that. And, and, and that's a, it's a little funny story of how I got my nickname. All right. Last one In and Out or Whataburger? Whataburger, by far. 100%. Uh, nice. Whataburger. Now you're you're from Corpus Christi. I'm from, I'm from... Whataburger <laughs> is, is from. Corpus Christi, so I think we got to give him a pass. Yeah, we'll give yeah, you a pass. I, I mean, I, I mean, cor- and it's yeah, in Corpus it's different. And, and, and I remember like we go on road trips, and like there's one, there's a Waterburger in Pensacola, Florida, 
Okay, so my family, we would drive from Corpus, we would go play tournaments in Orlando, like for like the World Series when I was younger, and we'd go through Pensacola. And when we got to Pensacola, we'd stop and get a water burger. And my mom would always tell them, "Hey, we're from Corpus, so we're going to let them know how this is." Okay, so th- this this water burger has to be legit. So <laughs> all the pictures are from all Corpus cities, but yeah, water burger is 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 by far. That's okay, one more. You're from yeah. Texas, uh, Tex-Mex or barbecue? Oh man! So I'm from South Texas, and Tex-Mex is awesome. And then you know, I lived in Austin for three years, which that barbecue is incredible. But I would say, if I would say, why not both? All right. At the same time, why can't we have both? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I'd say Mexican, just because Mama's cooking is is always the way to go. Nice. Do you know well, Spanish? Come out to San Diego. It would be a different kind of Mexican. Oh, you you were like uh, like Elsinore, so yeah. you've seen a little bit of what the San Diego like Baja style Mexican yeah. is. Yeah. It's a little different. A little different, but I mean, it's still it's I mean, it's has, still has its roots. I enjoyed it. Nice. Well, hey, we appreciate you taking yeah. the time to come on with us. This has been a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I had a blast. a lot of fun i i i love these conversations where it's like we wind up going off on these tangents and these stories come out uh, i feel like those are the 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 most fun that we have when we do this yeah and I, we, not to toot our own horn but i think we've gotten better with making it more of a conversation than okay michael Cantu, you played here and there and there it's more of like hey you started here oh yeah then and then from there we come up with more questions so i think it's an evolution yeah. of our uh, our ability to have conversations and not be so metallic because that can be yeah. so robotic sometimes. But, well, um, we try to get out of our own way and let them tell the story. Yeah. And that people little noise there, I think, was him texting. People don't to listen to us talk. They, they want to hear our guests. God, they don't want to listen to us talk. They want the – you can – flub. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the board. God, I can't even speak. Um, we need a flub jar. But it was cool. He talked about you know he, playing with Cody Clemens, and I'm not sure what his other brother's name is, Roger's son's. How we came and did the bullpen, you know, through a simulated game and was like throwing gas. Oh, my God. You think that Clemens is going to get behind the L screen and start lobbing, you know, just get in, groove some BP fastballs. And then next thing you know, he's up there throwing splitters, throwing high 80s. Pulling the L screen off the field. Like, yeah. Off the mound. Oh, man. Well, we... uh, all of our gratitude to, to Michael Cantu yeah, for cool. spending an hour with us. That was fantastic. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Till next week. Go Padres. Go Padres. Lo alebre hasta